Hi, thanks for listening to One Brew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. I'm your host, Kevin Zaid, and on today's episode, we bring you a double feature, starting with 2013's Pacific Rim, directed by Guillermo del Toro, starring Charlie Hunnam and Idris Elba, amongst others. The second film we will cover is 2018's Pacific Rim 2 Uprising. I think it's just called Pacific Rim Uprising. But yeah, that's what Jacob and I cover. We hit both movies in the same day. I was unfamiliar with both, and Jacob was familiar with... uh, He was a big fan of the first one, but I'll let you... I'll let him tell you about that. Stay tuned. We do have a small homebrew section where we... uh, I cover... Faces Places, which is available on the Netflix disc plan, but is also playing in the Art House Theater downtown. So if you can't wait for it to get on a streaming service, make sure you uh, check check out Salem Cinema downtown. And uh, I think that about wraps up the introduction. Here's Jacob and I's conversation about the Pacific Rim double feature. Welcome to One Brew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Every week, we talk about film, sometimes new. I was there to push people beyond what's expected of them. Sometimes old. Frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. Films that inspire creativity. Give my creation! Films that inspire hope. I'm gonna see the world. Italy, Greece, the Parthenon, the Colosseum, and then I'm gonna build things. I'm gonna build airfields, I'm gonna build... Films that take you to a place you never knew existed. I'm repeating we're not in Kansas anymore. Sometimes films that are just entertaining. Now, yeah, I'm thinking I'm back. We hope that when you listen to us, you walk away with a new idea, a new perspective, or at least you have a good time. Are you not entertained? BDD, DDD. <laughs> It was funny. Yeah. <laughs> You're right. No, I, I told you. <laughs> uh, we are out of studio today. What should we call this? Studio B? My spa- my my house. Um, yeah. Yeah. Let's call it Studio B. All right. We're in Studio B today. Yeah. Feels good. Nice. It does. It's... Nice change. I feel very comfortable on my giant couch. I feel comfortable on your giant couch. Yeah. <laughs> so today... You introduced me to Pacific Rim, mm-hmm. original, yes. OG, yes, original recipe. Kevin and I had a double movie date yes. today with some uh, Super Smash Bros. in between. With some Super Smash Brothers, because I like to be a good host when people come to my house. <laughs> <laughs> All the while making two boxes of deluxe craft mac and cheese. Okay, I don't know that we need to tell everybody everything we did today. <laughs> All right, well I'll leave out the next thing. <laughs> So Pacific Rim. Is on. <laughs> so uh, you love Pacific Rim, I the original. Love, I thoroughly enjoy. I okay. think it's a great, uh, entertaining um, movie that doesn't try to be anything other than what it is, which is a giant robots fighting giant monsters action movie, and I think it's very good at that. It's the John Wick of giant monster films. Oh, actually, that's a great comparison. Yeah. 
It doesn't try to be anything else. It just wants to be what it is. Exactly. It's, it's not trying to... Yeah, I completely agree. It's the John Wick of monsters and robots fighting films. Yeah, I don't... <laughs> I, there aren't many that aren't Japanese animation films. But... <laughs> so, the, for the listeners who haven't seen it yet, it's on Amazon Prime, so that kind of counts as a... Uh, well, you have to rent it. Yeah. Uh, you can rent it from a bunch of things. I think you can rent it on Voodoo. You can also probably purchase it for about as much as you can rent it yeah, from any like, fine local retailer. I, I checked because I was going to buy it if it wasn't available to rent. It's like $7.50 on Blu-ray yeah. at Walmart. Yeah. So. so it's available to the listeners. Basically, Guillermo del Toro, the director of this year's, or last year's, Oscar winner. Oscar winner for Best Picture and Best Director. Mm-hmm. Uh, he did this movie called Pacific Rim, which is in 20... Oh, when did the movie yeah, come out? When... I believe 2013, because Kels and I had, had been married, I think, for a good... Almost a year. I'm going to double check that, but I'm almost... I'm, I'm pretty sure... Um, 2013. I was right. Nice. And it, the movie takes place in 2023, right? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, it's got Charlie Hunnam, Charlie Idris Hunnam. Elba, mm. Elba, and uh, Charlie Day. Charlie Day from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Yes. And uh, Burn. Oh, I can never remember his last name. Burn Horton. He's the other scientist. Yeah. Yeah. With a little cameo from a Guillermo favorite. Yeah, he's in uh, Crimson Peak. Um, he's also in he's in The Dark Knight Rises. He's uh, yes. What's his the dude who gets his face crushed in by Bane? He's his assistant. Yeah, yeah, he's good. He's a great actor. He is. He always plays. He's a character actor, but he's he's phenomenal. But yeah, essentially the plot is like the kaiju. Kaiju. Kaiju are these beasts from underneath the Pacific Ocean right. that live in the depths of the earth and they break out and try and kill everybody. And the way that the world has come together to fight these is to build these equally giant robots. Called Jaegers. Called Jaegers. Which means hunter in German. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Which is why Jaegermeister, Master Hunter, has a buck on the bottle. For those of you who... <laughs> I didn't know that. Who, uh... That's good. Yeah. Like to drink liquor that tastes disgusting. Yeah, like black licorice. Yeah. It's bad. It's Sometimes bad. I really like it, though. Ooh, I don't. I don't think I've ever liked it. I have, I've had, you. like, a Jaeger shot. Where, like, they dump it in, like, Coors Light or something, and it tastes like a Dr. Pepper or something like that. <laughs> Gross. What a waste of Jaeger. If it does taste like a Dr. Pepper, it's yeah. pretty interesting. Okay. Um, right. Anyway. I, they call it Flaming Dr. Pepper, I think. Uh, I think that's got Jaeger in it. Yeah, shout out to, to Kenny's <laughs> bachelor party. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Kenny B. Woof. Um, so, anyway. So, the world has this system of of giant robots protecting it uh but the thing about these giant robots is they're so big that the human brain which needs to be neurologically linked to the robot in order to make it move in realistic time uh is too small so they need two pilots for each jaeger so a kind of right hemisphere left hemisphere mm-hmm. thing going on which is a great pretense to create some drama in 
in this yes. film. And some really cool, like, action sequences. Yeah. Um, so how many times have you seen Pacific Rim? Five. Five? <laughs> the reason I know that off the top of my head is because I thought about it earlier when we were watching it. Uh, what did you learn from it this fifth time watching it? Um, I didn't learn anything as much as just came to appreciate even more Guillermo del Toro's, like, sense of world building and, like, his desire to create something that, even though it's totally fake looks real like works in a realistic way um you know i mentioned to you a couple times like isn't that cool how the jets like power the momentum of the yes. thing's movement or um you know each kaiju in the original at least in the one we watched earlier is based is modeled off of some form of animal in the real lot in the real world okay um yeah you can know you can tell yeah they're they're yeah. specifically designed. Right. There's like a primate one and there's a... Right. There's a... Lizard one. Yeah. Of, yeah. And then... Yeah. Anyway, but um, I just really appreciated that more and more. And I know he had a direct hand in choosing how everything looked. Right. So, um, yeah. And it was just fun to watch. It's always fun to watch. I'm never disappointed having watched that film. So, what I was expecting was a monster robot movie which sounds really boring to me i i don't like science fiction uh i like good science fiction yeah but like robots and aliens and or kaiju kind of like none of that really grabs me when i when i see it done well i do enjoy it Mm -hmm. um what surprised me about the first pacific rim is the weight behind it all like the robots, compared to, like, a Transformers movie, they look heavy. They look like they've got real place in the world, you know? Like, yeah. it looks like their actions are weighted and you're not just watching a computer game. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. some of that stuff in Star Wars you're watching and you're like, oh, wow, like, nothing moves like that. But these felt like, almost like they could have been you could have been really watching these giant robots. They mm-hmm. felt very weighted and heavy. Yeah. And then also, uh, as far as story goes, I thought the character development was really well done. I felt like I got to know each of the characters. I felt like there weren't too many characters. Mm-hmm. Um, to where, you know, you've got Idris Elba. Oh, what's the woman's name? Um, R- Rinko? Oh, yeah, the, the actress? Yeah. Yeah, she, um, her name is... In the, in the movie, her name, the character is Marco. Mako. Mako. Uh, Rinko Kikuchi. Rinko Kikuchi? Mm-hmm. She was phenomenal. You get... Uh, it, even Charlie Hunnam has some... I mean, he's not an amazing actor, in my mm-hmm. humble opinion, but I enjoyed watching him in this. It felt like his uh, motivation was really apparent and uh see there's these father there's this father-son team that uh, i don't know their names but they were really good in it they they were believable like uh and the scope is huge but the characters are so small and so specific that i felt like they did a really good job of balancing the worlds of like this is way too big and these 
characters are so real that I felt like it was a really good balance, which surprised me because I was not expecting to feel for these characters. Um, there's a lot of there's a lot of predictability in mm-hmm. a movie like this, and this one is no different. So if you're watching this movie to get like a big surprise at the end, it's not coming. But at the same time, uh, there are moments that you know are coming, and when they do show up, they, they were touching, like Idris Elba's speech at the end. It's it, it's silly. It's a it's a goofy movie, but at the same time, I felt myself like believing it, which yeah. I really liked. It it kind of caught me off guard, actually, because yeah. I thought it was going to be pretty bad. <laughs> yeah, right. You, yeah, yeah. I feel like that's yeah. And we'll talk more about that with the second film, but um, it manages it manages to just shy away from being so cliche that you're like i'm tired of this movie yeah um the the worst part for me in pacific rising is ron perlman wait pacific rim oh no yeah pacific rim yeah Uh, oh that's right the second one's called uprising uh pacific rim is the ron perlman character um and he's just so fun like you just like watching him on wait you said it was the worst part yeah why is it the worst part? I just, that part I felt like was just kind of silly. So extraneous. Yeah, yeah. just so different than the rest of the movie we were watching, you know, kind of. Mm. It was kind of the casino in Star Wars. It was oh, like, in the last. Yeah, in the last, in the last Jedi. It was kind of like. <laughs> I love that part. Oh, in the in, last Jedi. Oh, it's the worst. I hate that part of the movie. Oh. Yeah. But uh, I don't know. I just, I felt like everything was happening was so riveting. And every time we went to Ron Perlman, it was like. It was fun, but it felt... It was it felt fun. It was just kind of, oh, this is more goofy stuff when yeah. it was already teetering on, like, the possibility of being too too stupid. Mm-hmm. You know? I get what you're saying. But, uh, but I mean, with that being said, I like Ron Perlman, and yeah. I like watching him on the screen. And he's funny. Like, those parts are funny. I guess they just kind of took me out of the, the big picture for... For the for the meantime, while we were in the scene, yeah, no, I'm right there with you. I understand that. I just, uh, I think I might disagree, but I understand yeah, where you're coming yeah, from. Sure. Is what I'm saying. Yeah. So, what would you rate Pacific Rim? The first one, I think it's a good. I think it's a good three and a half stars mm. or three and a half beers. I would almost even say four beers, but I feel like that puts it up there with some movies that I that I like really really enjoy. Um, it's very entertaining. It's it's the best way to say it is it's nothing special except for the fact that it's the best at what it at, at what it is. Yeah. You know, like as far as like a an action sci fi monster flick. It's phenomenal. Like it's yeah. just, it's very good. It's it does everything. It hits its keys. It hits all the marks. It, yep, yeah, it hits the marks. Yeah, it's a very satisfying film. But it's not. It's not like wow, that was brilliant. It's just it's fun and it's good. It's what I wanted every other Transformers movie to be. Yes, <laughs> you know what I mean. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, that's that's the only thing I could keep thinking of being like comparing it to is transformers and i really liked the first transformer whatever it was i think it's just called transformers yeah uh 
after that, they go so far bad. So far down the quality. Oh, yeah. I don't... Uh, even the first one, I... I think it's, it's visually stunning, but... For me, Pacific Rim is also a three and a half. Mm, it's, yeah. Uh, yeah. And you're right. It's like... What would you say in the on the way back? Two beers and a cider. <laughs> I was like... Yeah, it's like three and a half beers and a half a cider. Yeah. Because like, it yeah, could almost be a four, but then you take a look at the other movies you rating a four, and you're like, these are such better films. Yeah. But... Uh, if you're looking for a fun sci-fi film that, in my opinion, holds a little weight, uh, this isn't a bad choice. It's a, in fact, it's a, the choice actually. Yeah, yeah it's the choice. Uh, yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. All right, good. So, what happened to the second one? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not done by Guillermo del Toro. That's for damn sure. Mm. Um, <laughs> even his worst films are better than. <laughs> then this one uh so pacific rim uprising is the sequel to pacific rim in which after years of thinking that the war was over uh some stuff starts cropping up and it's up to john boyega uh, Scott Eastwood and a bunch of teenagers to save the day. Um, yeah, and so uh, I was not a huge fan of the teenagers, but I really enjoyed the storyline. Um, like there's there's a twist that I thought was brilliant uh, or very good. I should stop using such extreme terms. <laughs> there was that I thought was very good. Um, it caught me off guard. It wasn't like a gasp moment, but it was like a oh, that's oh, nice. uh, there you go yeah, exactly. Um, and then it just felt like the entire movie turned into a like we got to get this out. We gotta get this out in time for, for spring. Like, it, its quality, which was already kind of teetering for me, took a pretty sharp turn. <laughs> yeah. So, essentially, the same thing happens in this movie, right? Right. Yeah. Monsters, the kaiju, come back up, and uh, the the team has to save them, but you're right. It's Scott Eastwood, John Boyega, and a group of like six to eight teenagers. And we get the whole realm of teen tropes. Uh, the parentless orphans who are here because they want to, you know, like if you get that trope, you get the, the training montage trope where they're like, where they're fighting each other and you get the guy who comes in and says, you can't fight in here because out there you got to be on each other's side. And you're like, <laughs> Oh my gosh. Like, and you got the teen who doesn't belong, who ends up earning their place. And it's just, Oh, like I thought 
that was so stupid. And I think it was stupid mostly because of how much I enjoyed the first one, surprisingly. Yeah. And then I was watching this and I was like, why did they make this movie? Because, like, the first one is great for teenagers. Uh Teenagers love robots and dinosaurs fighting each other. Like, you didn't need to make it a teen movie. Right. I was like, like, Harry Potter is better than, like, is a better movie based on, like, is, makes better use of teenagers <laughs> than this did. Like, I mean, it, oh, it's... It. So, if it, it, I feel like this isn't a big spoiler, but if you're afraid of spoilers, take your, take your headphones out, <laughs> fast forward 10 seconds from right now. Because the last line in the movie is literally, we did it! (laughs) And I feel like that is the most, like, after school special bullshit line I can think of. You're forgetting, it's a a line right after they have a a snowball fight. Also true. Oh, well, (laughs) damn it, now they're going to have to. Anyway, 15 seconds. (laughs) Go back and edit it. You're gonna have to, edit, uh, you know, take your headphones out for fifteen seconds. Uh, yeah, and what the film just felt like two different movies that didn't didn't pan out. Very they don't well. fit together. No, and so another trope is like these inexperienced kids taking on these monsters that super calloused experienced soldiers have been fighting for years or training for years and losing yet these cadets are like well you're the best we've got oh and if we band together we can do it you know it's just ugh I just puke like I like I didn't love the Hunger Games series as a whole yeah I liked the first movie and I loved the third movie and the other two were okay. Okay. Um, but I was like, this is this was worse than The Hunger Games. It, because it's not a teenager's story. Yeah, it felt like they were trying to sell something. Yeah, it, that's exactly right. Like, you're trying to sell Halloween costumes. Because, like... I'm going to look up and see if they have Halloween costumes. <laughs> yeah, I just... I felt like... I felt like this movie didn't need to be dumbed down. It was already teetering on a premise that is silly. It didn't need to be dumbed down. Yeah. And I guess the other option is they could have gone the other way and made it R, which I don't think would have been necessary. Oh, there's there's tons of action figures. Yeah. Yeah, that's why. Ugh. Oh, it's made by Bandai. That's what happened, I think. They did, I don't know if you noticed that, but they have a scene in front of the Bandai building in Japan. I did notice it has the Gundam from the anime series, that big white statue. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I thought it was a... thought it was a Jaeger. I thought it was a Jaeger. No, it was actually, it was the Um, Gundam. I noticed the building, though. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah. And so, they must either have a deal or something. Anyway... Point being, just the more we talk about this film, the more angry I'm getting about it. <laughs> yeah, it was it was pretty it was it was pretty much a letdown. Yeah, it just uh, man, I really wish we could talk longer about it, but it's just it's I mean, just yeah. 
So, did you think the robots and the animals were better designed in this film? Um, I thought... I thought the three monsters uh, were awesome. I really liked their design, especially the bat one with the... I mean, it looked like a bat, but it had, like, the four parts of its face that, yeah. like, opened up. Um, I thought that one was awesome. The robots felt less real to me. I totally agree. Yeah. I felt like... Um, I felt like they they didn't feel real like they did in the first one. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, especially there's that... Where the one slides in jazz style. Yeah. Alongside the others. It felt... This one felt like a Transformers movie yes, to me. Yes, it really did. It felt like a big leap down yeah. as far as that goes. Uh, they looked shinier in this one than they did in the first one. They literally just put more light rendering on them. Like, it, seriously, they looked... And I think that was kind of part of the magic of the first one, is the clunkiness of those right. robots. Like they, And everything's... Uh, here's something else in the, the film... It's always nighttime in the first film when they fight. They don't fight during the daytime. Mm. There's never sun out. And so, yeah, so you can... It just... It, well, I guess you see you see footage of fights in, in sun, like the one in Sydney in the right. first one. But, but for the most part, it takes place at night. And this one takes place... Almost exclusively. Also, yeah, almost exclusively at day. At least the fights, yeah. But um, I also liked the the rogue Jaegers. Like, I thought their design was actually pretty cool. The ones that were, like, partially organic and partially robotic. I thought that was a really cool storyline. I kind of wanted to stay with that storyline. Right? Um, yeah. Man, it just lost the plot. It, yeah, it just it felt like there was, like, a few key points that just didn't connect at all. And they just tried to make it connect. Yeah. Um, Scott Eastwood oh. has one line in there that made me smile because that one line sounded like he was Clint Eastwood. <laughs> what line was it? I don't remember what he says, but it was just the way his voice sounded. And I was like, oh, that it, that does sound a little bit like Clint Eastwood. But, uh, but yeah, overall, I would agree with you, Jacob. I do not think Scott Eastwood is a very good actor. <laughs> yeah, he is not. There were a couple of lines where I was just like, I can't believe, like, you you work in here in Hollywood because of your daddy. Um, <laughs> I will say though, he is he's handsome, handsome and pretty ripped. Yeah, like that guy looks buff. Yeah, it's, it's those show muscles, you know. I, I doubt he's got a really strong core. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I. He just, he was, he was vanilla. Not just because he was the white guy in the film. He was just vanilla. He, that's a great way to describe it. So, Jacob, what would you rate Pacific Rim Uprising the second? Or just, just Pacific uprising. Rim Uprising. Yeah. Um, well, I was really into it for a while um or teetering on being really into it the teenager thing really threw me off i felt like they could have used teenagers but they just should have used them differently mm. um 
I also felt like they had a great, they had a plot that was going somewhere and was leading to something kind of cool and awesome and different enough to make it feel like, oh, this isn't just a rehashing of the first film. Um, and then it just totally just falls apart. It, it seriously felt like they were just like, oh, we need to get this movie out sooner. How do we wrap this up? Um, I mean, John Boyega was was pretty good. He was pretty good. Everyone else in it, I felt indifferent to, or I, I guess the main girl was okay too. Um, but I, yeah, it, <laughs> it it felt like it felt like Transformers got a hold of of yep. Pacific Rim, and so I'm gonna say I give it I give it two beers, and that's that's me being generous, I think. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Uh, I that, that's kind of boring I was going to give it two beers I was hoping you were going to give it like two and a half or three maybe but uh, I'm also rating it two beers for the exact same reasons yeah. uh, this had a great template and it ended up kind of copying exactly the template only taking out all the key essentials like characters we care about uh, performances and realistic robots, right? And and that was kind of the three things that kept the first one together. They took it all out. Uh, I would say even Charlie Day in this one was kind of a letdown. Yeah, I think I would agree with that. I mean, uh, he goes over the top. Well, I, I think that's I think that's the story's fault. I don't think that's his fault. Yeah, the way they use him, I guess that the way his character develops is where. Yeah. It goes wrong. Yeah. Um, yeah, I do agree with John Boyega. I hope that somewhere on a movie poster they write, <laughs> the main girl, I guess, was okay, too. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Um, yeah. As a review for the film. Yeah, that'd be funny. Yeah. Uh, so there you go. Two, two, two beers. Two, two beers. Pacific Rim Uprising. Wait for Redbox. Yeah, Wait. Or skip. Um, Unless you have movie pass, then just yeah. go see it. Yeah, you might. I've... I'm thinking it might be a ripoff to tell people to okay. spend two dollars on Redbox to watch. If you've got movie pass, yeah, yeah. Uh, it is better than Red Sparrow. I won't see that. Don't. Uh, yeah, Red Sparrow's not good. Yeah, like I can't imagine. And it, Annihilation's already out of theaters. I'm pretty angry about. Yeah, I'd be angry about too. I I got to see it though, uh, so I guess I'll wait till that comes out on Redbox to talk to you about because I really want to hear your opinions. Okay. Because you and I watched Alex Garland's first Ex Machina. Mm-hmm. Uh, we love that one. Yeah. So I'm excited to hear your thoughts on this one. There's some talk about cool creature design. There's some cool creature design well i would assume there would be because there's some very interesting creature design in the book yeah i'm a huge fan of jeff vandermeer the author of the book that the movie's based on how familiar are you with agnes varda she's like a french filmmaker i'm not how about jr like the artist who takes giant pictures and like pastes them up on walls. And That's stuff why like I that. knew the name. You're talking Faces Places. Faces Places. Yeah. It's at Salem Cinema mm-hmm. right now. 
I rated it a four and a half beers. Really? I really enjoyed it. Okay. Uh, it's... Did you ever catch up with Patterson? <laughs> no. Okay, so... It's a, it's a small, short, little documentary about normal people doing normal day things and just kind of the extraordinary beauty of everyday life. And mm. it takes like, it doesn't follow any story. The, the only story it follows is Agnes Varda and JR going through the French countryside, stopping and asking people about their stories. And there's goat farmers and there's a there's a field farmer and there's dock workers and there's uh there's a a there's like a street of abandoned houses that used to belong to miners and there's only one woman who lives on this street and uh it was really touching uh yeah that's what i've heard really touching i really would like to watch it i kind of want to watch there's still a few Oscar ones. I need to see a fantastic woman. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, that's on my list too. Maybe we could catch that sometime next week. Or... Yeah, we definitely should. Uh, and then, yeah, Faces Places. I feel like Fantastic Woman might even be one that that's good enough to review right now just because it has literally released in theaters nationwide just now. Just now. For the most part, yeah. Yeah. It's taken a while. It's still it's rolling out so slowly. The website Spanish? has the dates. Uh, it's it was made in Chile. Chile, yeah, yeah, but yeah. So the language in it is Spanish. But um, yeah, I I could see that one. That one looked interesting to me. Yeah. Um. Cool. So yeah. So there's a little homebrew for me with uh, faces places because I actually watched it on Netflix disc plan. It's available on DVD. It. it is in the theater now though. At, I think it would look great on a big screen, yeah, too. Yeah, I'm sure. Especially since you're looking at these big portraits, like, blown up. I think that would add a lot to it. Um, my wife and I also caught up with a Bad Mom's Christmas. <laughs> you can skip it. Yeah, well, oh, really, Kevin? <laughs> you can. Skip Bad Mom's Christmas? Yeah. I would have never guessed that. Mm. Well, I'm glad I could save you from it. Yeah, that, that's great. Thank you so much for <laughs> for that. Do you have anything that you've been watching lately? Uh, I've been watching TV. Um, finally, finals week ended for me last week. So I finally watched The Punisher all the way through. Um, which, my goodness, I, I really enjoyed it. It was very hard to watch at times. Yeah. Um, and every time I thought, like, this is just glorifying violence, it kind of brought back the whole, like, should we be rooting this guy on? Mm. Um, I, and I love that complexity to it. The fact that you cheer for this person and then he goes too far and you're like, oh, oh, God, like, <laughs> what's wrong with me? Why do I cheer this guy on? Right. Um or I think that's the point. If you don't, you should probably re-examine yourself. So watch The Punisher and figure out whether Ooh, or not you're uh, calling it out. You're uh, you need you know <laughs> some more compassion in your life. Uh, let's see. Anything else that I've watched? I 
John Wick 2 is on HBO. Excellent. And oh my gosh, what a film. (laughs) What a film. It's good, right? Oh, it broke my heart. I think I already talked about it last time. Yeah, we do get a little bit of a clip at the end. I do just enjoy it so much. Um, And I I think that's really been about it. I've been... I mean, that's about it, but The Punisher's 13 hours. <laughs> yeah, <right>. 13 hours <laughs> over the course of one day. So I spent an entire day watching The Punisher. Um, I just, I wanted to continue. It doesn't feel like a commitment when you're in love. <laughs> that's true. Um, <laughs> and so... I'm just double-checking my Netflix here to see if I've watched anything. Uh, Speaking of Netflix, Duncan Jones' new film, Mute, with Alexander Skarsgård's on there. Ooh. It's interesting. My second favorite Skarsgård. (laughs) And uh, also... A stupid and futile gesture. Stupid and futile gesture. I think, I think it's good. I really like it. Stupid. Oh, yeah, yeah, The one about... Um, uh, Doug Lan- Kennedy. Or, yeah, Lampoon. National Lampoon. Yeah. yeah. I really like that one. That one's, that one's got a lot of heart to it where you might not expect it. Yeah. Oh, I watched... That's, that's right. <laughs> Am I supposed to recommend or... No, um, you can avoid as well. I watched the the Death Note movie. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Death, oh. yeah. Not good. Willem Dafoe is probably the only human being I could imagine playing the character he plays. <laughs> uh, but other than that, A, it's the whole you are literally taking a character who is Japanese and casting a white person to play him thing in with the main character Light. Um it was almost like they were trying to make it funny. What is it? Is so, it a comic book? Or? Basically, this kid... It's its based off a of manga, which was then turned into an anime, which was then made into a shitty uh, movie. Um, <laughs> which, apparently, they've made a couple movies in Japan. Okay. Live-action films in Japan that are supposed to be better, but I don't know how they hold up compared to the, the anime. Anyway, this kid... Uh, who's a nerd, um, who's like a very hardworking, upright student, um, gets this random book, finds this random book, and it's called The Death Note. Yeah. In it, he can write the name down of anyone, picture their face, and within 40 seconds, they will die. Right. He can write down the cause of death, and it'll happen that way, or... He can not write anything and they'll have a heart attack. And so... Right. And this kid is... It turns out um, there's a uh, Japanese god of death who's basically bored. And so he drops his book on purpose for someone to pick up. Okay. Uh, And so it's about this kid who has this power trip of like, I can judge anyone I want. I am judge, jury, and executioner. Oh, weird. And about this detective who is trying to find 
And I'll leave it at that because it gets, at least in the anime, it gets much more like awesome and complicated. But the movie was like, the anime is dark. It makes you question what is right and wrong and who has the right to make decisions when it comes to like justice. And the film just felt almost like, but it, it wasn't funny. That's the thing is it felt like it was trying to be funny without being funny. Um, Weird. So don't watch Death Note. Do not watch Death Note. Watch the anime, which is also on Netflix. But do not watch the live-action film. Um, Please. (laughs) Just do yourself a favor. Okay. Alright, well. Do yourself a favor. (laughs) I'm really (laughs) upset about this. I wasted a lot of time watching that show. That's good though. You did. You you got some great content. Yeah. (laughs) It's true. All right. I guess it's worth it then. It was worth it. Cool. Well. All right. Well, thanks for listening. And that wraps up our conversation about the Pacific Rim franchise sounds like we probably don't need any more but if uh if the movie verse decides to give us something else maybe they'll put it back into the hands of guillermo who knows what he's doing this podcast is brought to you by the zade story studios the sounds at the beginning were taken from the pacific rim soundtrack all other audio belongs to us you can follow us at one brew over on twitter one brew over on instagram you can like our facebook page send all your emails to one brew over at gmail.com or you can call 413-341-2739 with a voicemail giving us your feedback thanks for listening to one brew over the cuckoo's nest are you not entertained